listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yes, on a day in which we get no football all weekend long for the first time in a long time, but we do get a Daytona 500. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? J.J. Watt, to me, this guy, it, it, it could feel like the Texans did something wrong again. I don't think they did, but I also think J.J. Watt, with a new negotiated contract potentially, might be very valuable for some teams. So I think we start there. Yeah, and it was the big news earlier today in the NFL. J.J. Watt, the three-time defensive player of the year and the Houston Texans, agreeing to his release again that earlier today. Okay, so you are my uh, a trusty thermometer for the media. What was the, the take out there? I didn't get a real full cross-section. Was there a sense of... Oh, here's the te- Texans messing it up again. Yeah, or- it's it's the it's the lazy go to uh, Texans organization dysfunction. Nobody wants to be there. That was there was a lot of that going around. Okay, so JJ Watt's contract. This was last year on his deal. Yeah, and this would have been seventeen point five million dollars. Now that would have made him the fourth highest paid lineman, defensive lineman in the NFL. Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner of the Colts, Chris Jones of Kansas City, and then fourth would have been J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt is a good player. He's not a great player anymore. And he's a good player for spurts, 25 plays, maybe 30. And that can be extremely valuable. I mean, you really think about it. There's those key high leverage plays that, that dictate NFL wins and losses so often and if you got J.J. Watt there for you know all the third downs or whatever the defense wants to do with them, it's going to be very valuable. But it can't be as the fourth highest paid player. Now, I think you could make the case, and my understanding with the reporting is the Texans said, we'd like to retain you, but we have to renegotiate the contract. And J.J. Watt said, no thanks, I'll leave. And... That you could, you know, say, hey, if the Texans were in a better position, he would be just as inclined to, you know, understand he's not going to get that money, 17.5 out there in the world. So why not just stay with the Texans? But obviously that's not where the Texans are right now. So I think there's a, a little culpability. But again, when you've played in the same place your whole life and you, you kind of get to be the bell of the ball in a way and go pick your spot, I, I think it only makes sense that J.J. Watt wants to go. But I think in general, if you're blaming the Texans for not wanting to retain him for the 17.5, that is a horrible take. And, and I think the Texans did the best they could here. What's your take? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and look, this is not a surprise. This was being discussed during the season that this was potentially J.J. Watt's last year in Houston. Uh, the countdown was on. We could be seeing the final days of J.J. Watt as a Houston Texan. So it's not that much of a surprise. Uh, he's an older player. He's dealt with a ton of injuries. I think this was just the second time in the last five years he played in all 16 games. So there's that aspect of it. And it just wasn't worth the $17 million to bring him back. So they part ways and now he can go find work somewhere else. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. J.J. Watt, no longer a Houston Texans. They come to terms on a mutual release for the longtime Houston Texans defensive end. J.J. Uh, Watt, three-time player of the year. But the question now turns to where does he end up next? All right, so let's look at the odds. And I don't think these odds are right. I mean, meaning I think these are they're correct, meaning that these are the odds. I think they're flawed. I think they're bad numbers. And here's why. If you're not taken into account in a major way, the salary cap, everything you do this offseason, if you do any early betting or if you are having strong takes, remember, sports fans want to know more than their buddies, You've got to take into account where is a team relative to the cap, which is coming down. What are you hearing, Jonas? About 180 to 185. So that's yeah, that. I've, I've I've heard 180 ish. That's what and, I've heard. And that's down about what is that 20 mil? I think so. Yeah, around there. Yeah. So I mean, think about this. The cap goes up, up, and up. The contracts are structured. The big ones, assuming that, because it always has happened. Other than a pandemic, it's gone up, up, up. But now, you know, they're, they're kind of mitigating it a little bit, not bringing it down as much as they could, but they're bringing it down, it seems like. That's by all accounts. And a lot of teams are in, you know, cap jail, you could say. Uh, the one that jumps out at me, and I'm, I, I, as a finance grad, I kind of follow the cap stuff, but I'm not an expert. I'm thinking about really digging in this offseason. <laughs> Whoopee. But here's the thing. You look at the Saints, for example. I think anything the Saints might do is so hamstrung. You got to pay the piper at some point, and they kept kicking that can down the road to give Breeze another year to try to make it happen. It didn't. Assuming he retires, like everyone thinks he will. I mean, if it's ever a year, you got kind of like the Patriots had this year. The criticism about the Pats, I think it's all way overdone. They had a year to pay the piper, especially with all that Tom Brady dead money. I mean, talk about Jonas a indignity it's one thing you let brady go right uh, which you know hindsight didn't look smart um everyone makes mistakes obviously and then he wins the super bowl so you're getting kind of compared and then they had i think it was 13 million if i remember of dead cap money was uh, brady's dead cap money so you're paying like or being uh penalized by 13 million uh, because of him leaving i mean that that's a tough break yeah, and also it's why when Belichick brought it up this season when they were talking to him just about their situation, some people scoffed at it and said, ah, it sounds like excuses. No, it's not an excuse. When he says, look, you see what we paid for Cam Newton. I mean, that was the situation. That was the reality of where we were as a team. He was telling the truth. They were not in a good spot. Plus, you add in all the opt-outs before the season. New England, I, I still think 7-9 and nine should be considered yes. a pretty good season based on where they were at before the season started. For sure. I mean, think about the games they had to win to go. Yeah. You know, that record. I mean, obviously, the Chargers game was the one that was the real, real eye popper, right? They dominated yeah. that game. And that yep. was the, probably the high point. They almost beat Seattle. Cam was playing better at that point. The question you got to ask yourself about the Pats is, is anyone anxious to get Cam now saying, well, Belichick, they messed him up. We're going to make him better. I don't, I don't get any sense of a huge market for no. Cam. So if anything, it's, it's more of a statement of Cam's current level than I think the Patriots. I think this is going to be a good year because there's a flip side to this. All right, so the teams, and again, this is not a comprehensive list, but the Saints, a lot of cap issues. Steelers, 
a lot of cap issues. So when you've got the Steelers as the favorite and the odds to land J.J. Watt, to me that is really not considering properly how problematic the cap is for Pittsburgh. They're plus 150. They're a big favorite. Obviously his brother plays for the Steelers. Tampa Bay second at 2-1. to one. Green Bay third at 5-1. to one. Now back to Tampa second. They actually are in a pretty good cap position. And uh, surprisingly, you know, for a Super Bowl champion, and it could be J.J. Watt instead instead of a Shaq Barrett, right? Not saying that'd be an upgrade, but it'd right. be you'd be mitigating the loss, obviously. Now Green Bay, you know, J.J. Watt is a uh, you know former resident, or he came from uh, the Green Bay area, Wisconsin. So I think there's a, kind of a homecoming element there. And then the Ravens, I don't really like the Ravens all that much at seven to one there. Um, I got a few other teams I was going to go by. Which which team jumps out at you first, though? I, I would say probably the Packers, um, just because the the hometown connection, going back to his home state, an opportunity to go join a team uh, to, that's that's in contention to possibly win a Super Bowl or in contention to at least make a run. This feels like. I, teams near the top of that list, if they're really strapped on cash, I think they look at J.J. Watt as if he's willing to take a discount to go chase a ring, we're all in. If not, like if it's the Steelers and he demands he's got to get $15 million a year, I just oh, it's don't not see it It's not even no, possible. It's not even possible. I don't see it happening. I mean, it's like they can't do it, right? So yeah. um, I agree with you there. We're straight out of Vegas. I think the thing that makes it where he can chase a ring is in the NFL, are we really certain who has better odds, Green Bay or Tampa or Baltimore? I mean, like there's eight or nine teams that are right there every year. I mean, not the same eight or nine, but, you know, Colin always has his eight that can win it, and that's usually a pretty good guess of the ones yeah. that are viable to win it. So to me, what, maybe he can go get, and I don't know the numbers, $10 million with Green Bay, Though maybe he could get 12 or 13 if he didn't care about going to a winner. But why, if you can go to Green Bay, why are you going to go? I mean, Green Bay has a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Pittsburgh, right? So, oh, I agree. I don't know the given uh, how much money Green Bay has, or how much they're going to be willing to give, but it feels like Walk can chase a ring and still get a moderate payday. Whereas in the NBA, sometimes you can only take the Venner Minimum or whatever sometimes. So, um, last couple of teams for me is the Colts. Right? This is a team with a lot of cap room, like the Patriots. And thus, the Colts could spend money and really shore up that, not even shore up, but make it a dominant D-line. Right, Because sometimes it's better to uh, add to your strength than worry about your weakness in the NFL. We've seen that many times. Look at Washington. When you have a line that good, it just affects every game. Now, his wife, J.J. Watt, plays professional soccer in Chicago. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a little influence there. I think the Rams, maybe. Kansas City, maybe. Seattle, maybe. Tennessee, maybe. I've seen bandied about. Okay, so J.J. Watt released. It was something the Texans did for him. It was at his request. Texans were right not to want to pay him that last year of the contract, 17-5. It would have been nice if the Texans had been able to retain him at a discount. But no, a lot of people blaming the Texans. I don't think there's much to blame them on. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
It is a debut here on Fox Sports Radio. It is time for a best bet and a handicap in the NBA from Mackenzie Rivers. That's right. Thank you, Jonas. I like the Dallas Mavericks minus three hosting the Pelicans. Now, both of these teams have underperformed. They're currently 11th and 12th in the West out of the playoff picture, but I'm seeing signs of life from the Mavericks. Now, remember, last year, this Mavericks team had the number one offensive rating in the league and, in fact, the number one offensive rating we've ever seen in the NBA. So just monstrous stuff, fireworks stuff. This year, for whatever reason, they've fallen back off of that, but... I'm seeing signs of life. The last few games, they've exceeded their point total, their expected point total in the last four. And if you look at their schedule, they've had to face the who's who, a murderer's row of top defenses in the league, the Bucks, the Jazz twice, the Lakers. Now that they finally get a team get like the Pelicans, 27th right now in defense, that is the worst defense they've faced all season. I think that's exactly what Luka Przingis and the boys need to get back their offensive powerful ways. I think they cover the three. I think they do it convincingly. Dallas Mavericks minus three, best bet. Okay, so you bet this yourself? Yes, I like this game. I it, I did bet it. Jonas, what did you think when he said, thank you, Joan? He sounded like Ted Baxter a little bit, didn't he? <laughs> I think it'll smooth it out. I think over time that, that'll smooth it out. I, I thought take, that was pretty know. good. I thought it yeah. was pretty good. You, you, you know, could t- Go ahead. You, first, you first, first handoff, first handoff. You know, first center quarterback exchange can be a little bit dicey, <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to get much better at it as we go along. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I also think that we can't forget something though. So we have the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. Bernie Frado is the host. He's yep. done that now for two years plus, two and a half years, and that's eleven Pacific on Saturday to midnight Pacific. Joan or um, uh, Mackenzie actually does a whole segment, and apparently it's the most important thing uh, at FSR the whole weekend. <laughs> is his, his eight minutes of talking, you better not get near him and that between him and that mic, because he's about six two. I mean, it would be trouble. Let me just tell you that much. Right out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific.